Welcome to the Squirt to Stab podcast with Tony and Pat. What is up, Pat? What's up, dude? It's been a long time. Yeah, well, just shade under a year. No, it's not shade under a year. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, just because you shade we're talking just, about. What? No, just because we have some personal stuff going on in our lives. Sorry, fans, it's been a while. Um, you know, like yeah. I said, personal stuff goes on. We don't get paid to do this. We do this for for your entertainment. Yeah, we the do fans. this because we're fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because uh, seven people are listening. We feel like we're we're obligated to yeah. talk to the fan base. Well, you I said think, we had a lot of subscribers. But yeah, I, I, I think it's more than seven. I, I think well, it is. Well, I mean, seven people that we don't know who signed up. Yeah. But, but uh, we love we love all of you. All of you. <laughs> and everyone yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for subscribing. Make yes. us feel like we're not completely useless by doing this. Yes, and remember, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Squirt to Stab, and also... Our uh, webpage is squirttostab.com and contact us at squirttostab at gmail.com. Yeah, let us let us know how we're doing. <laughs> or keep it to yourself, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, man. So, yeah, we've spent all this time. But I've actually been working on guests. And then when I realized when you text me like, hey, we're going to do it tonight, I'm like, like, well, I had an idea which did come through for us for today. Am I still peeking? Because I'm looking at a lot of red when I'm talking. Uh, right I can fix you because we're we're so I, professional. Let's fix you. All right. Yeah. Is that better, good. Pat? Are you are you happy you're uh, not peeking? Yeah, well, I just don't. I wanna, know. Yeah. Pat, you peak you peaked in high school, dude. <laughs> no, actually, Scott and I were talking about. Scott is a gentleman. Uh, so all right, we're going back. I'm getting high ahead of myself here. Um, so when you said it, I was like, I had a long shot idea. I was I was thinking about some things yesterday from when I was in the military. And you remember those days, Tony? You were, you were you guys were there when I left. I think well, maybe after I left, after I came back from basic, I don't remember. You guys came to the air. No, no, that was after I came back from basic before or after tech school. You guys saw me off. You, Eric, and uh, was it Mark? Probably. I, I can't remember that part <laughs> with him. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, I at the time, uh, I mean, that was a long time ago. I. I uh, was in the Air Force a long time ago after high school, and I had been in uh, basic training and tech school and was headed to my first uh, duty station with uh, someone who had been in the same basic training with me. Uh, same flight, same tech school. And I was thinking about my military days, and I started thinking of some crazy things I, we did. And I couldn't stop laughing. And I, my idea was because it's July 4th, I want to reach out to a buddy of mine who we, we've recently started talking a little bit more. And as I got out of the military, he stayed in the military and just within what, the last year, retired as a chief master sergeant of the Air Force. No, well, hey, just chief master sergeant. Chief, chief ma Oh, because I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you like the uh, like a joint chief of staff kind of thing. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, over over promoting there. Uh, well, like, you're talking anybody... I haven't even introduced you. You could have been the chief master sergeant of the Air Force, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, no one would have different. So, but he stayed in and just retired at the highest uh, non-commissioned rank you can get. Um. And yeah, I'd like to introduce you to to Scott. We're gonna, you know, gonna let him be here and she, you know, probably tell some stories. And 
He has probably, I think, a little bit of dirt. Nothing too bad. Nothing illegal, anyway. Uh, but some stories that will probably might make uh, might make me a little red in the face. Um, if he can remember some of the stories that I remembered. And uh, whoever's eating that nutty bar, get get it over with. <laughs> nutty bar? <laughs> what no, is actually, that? What actually... Is that? No, no, I, I wish. Um, what are you doing? No, actually, my my family is actually out of town. I'm supposed to go meet them tomorrow, but I'm having too good of a time by myself. I'm actually uh, burning incense because I can't oh, do really? it. Because I can't do it when they're around because I hate it. But I just like doing it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a weird. I'm not a weird hippie or anything. I just like the smell. Yeah, I'd stick with a condom uh, approach. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll stick to that when you start talking about your buddy in the military. Like <laughs> this thing. You know what? So, I, I realized, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 45. I have two kids. I'm married. I have, I have nothing less left to prove to be cool in my life. So Yeah. And yeah. that's hence the reason why you're putting the condoms in your basement when you're married. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. We're just talking about before we started. You know, so Scott and I were, I would, we're pretty, we're very good friends in the middle. We're good friends. And I, you know, good friends, I must say, even now we started talking, but it's like when I started talking to Scott again recently, it's like it wasn't like we missed a beat, except probably we're in a totally different spot in our life right now. But it's weird to me, Tony, because you were, you came and visited me and I keep thinking, how on earth did you not meet Scott? The only thing I can think of is I believe Scott may have been away that weekend or gone out of town. He didn't do it often. Yeah, because I met I met Carl Adam, I believe was his name. <laughs> yeah, you met Adam, my buddy Adam. How did you not meet Scott? Yeah, Adam and then there was one other other gentleman I met. I don't remember his name. Ben probably. Uh, ben Bowl probably. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's when we lived in Dovetree. Remember those apartments Carl and I lived in, Scott. We lived off. That was probably a mistake I made. I probably shouldn't have moved off base, to be honest. Oh yeah, well, you and me both. Like, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's when he came. I know Tony visited when I lived at when we lived as those lived in those apartments, but we still hung out quite a bit. So, but either way, it was weird that you hadn't met. Yeah, well, he would have saw me fall in love with Purple Passion, and then quickly break up with it as I threw up all over your townhouse. So. Oh, that's great. I don't, that's you, terrible. Do you even remember that or no? If there was alcohol involved, I probably don't. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't remember you vomiting. We drank Purple Passion as adults over the age of 19. Well, I guess we were. Well, I was going to say I wasn't 21 yet. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you were the one that introduced me to Purple Passion. You're like, it's like Great Crush, only better. It well, was. No shit. Yeah. At the time. Did you know yeah. about Purple Purple Passion, Scott? Ah, no, I uh, nope, definitely you not. Know, it's probably a good thing. It's it's uh, it, it came in a two liter bottle. It li- literally looked like grape juice in a two liter bottle, but it was had a lot of alcohol in it. It was wasn't it just like grape crush and Everclear? Wasn't that what uh, it is? I, it I actually, I think it was. And and it was our buddy Keith from high school when we first got when I when I first got introduced to that at some weird party when I was in high school. But we're making a lot of bad decisions during high school, I think. So a lot of it didn't stop in the military for me. Um, and I don't know if I was really an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore, but I, I do. Well, I technically was probably an alcoholic. Mm. Uh, by Air Force standards, <laughs> I was for sure. Because I remember when they asked me questions, I laughed. And then I 
saw the seriousness in her face and I kind of just stopped laughing immediately and like, no, I don't, I don't really drink much, but I was, uh, yeah. So yeah, that was, a I again, going back to that story, it was, uh, I don't remember the purple passion when you came visiting, but I'm sure it happened. You have a way better memory than I do as does Scott. So it's a good thing you guys are here together. Cause now you can kind of put the pieces together from my childhood <laughs> or when I was younger. So, yeah, so Scott, uh, so there's a lot of things we could talk about and get started on. Um, but when I left the military and at the time, I mean, so much going on, we went on two completely different paths and it kind of started while we were in Colorado Springs. We were stationed at Peterson Air Force Base, really. I mean, I could not stop finding trouble. I spent my whole childhood or childhood and stuff going through high school with getting away with, I thought, murder. And I stopped getting away with it as soon as I got out of basic training and into tech school. And it stopped. And I got in trouble for the dumbest shit in the world. And I'm not saying dumb as in I shouldn't have gotten in trouble. I mean dumb because I did stupid shit. But, again, I don't know if we want to make that show about Pat doing stupid shit. Yes, let's <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I say we do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, hey, you... You said it, Pat. Uh, you honestly couldn't get out of your own way back then. Uh, <laughs> like, I was living in fear because I knew I had nothing other than the Air Force. Uh, and you and I came in, uh, you know, we got to Peterson probably on the same day, if not like the same week, uh, right. you know, after we got out of technical training. And people instantly paired us together. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, Scott and Pat. And, you know, we were hanging out and we were friends. So uh, it, that wasn't offensive to me at all. Uh, but I was living my life out of fear of everything. And you were scared of nothing. Uh, and that I think that's probably what you just kept, uh, like you said, bad decisions, right? But, right. It, you know, looking back, you can laugh, you know, because life's good now. You're in, you're in a good place, uh, you know, back then. <laughs> Uh, you know, honestly, we all kind of laughed back then a little bit too. Uh, I, you know, between, uh, <laughs> I, I, I literally, you're the only person, uh, in the world that I've ever, uh, hung out with that before we would, uh, go somewhere, you, you had to find an ATM that only, uh, that distributed money in $5 increments. <laughs> That's that is funny because I remember that too. We always had to hit an ATM. <laughs> but it, it couldn't ATMs. be. Yeah, it couldn't be the one that gave out twenties. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not well, a lie. Because of me, I had to go find the five dollar machine. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember. We'd be like, you want to go to lunch? Like, yeah, we got to go by the ATM and get some get some money. We'd be like, all right, cool. We'll go to this one. You're like. No, that one's that one's no good. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> That's terrible. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So I was thinking about it. The reason I was even thinking yesterday, I'm sitting there, and I don't know what I was, what triggered it, but it was the story we were talking about earlier. Um, like we always talk about all the dumb stuff I did, okay? But Scott, you did something that takes the cake in my entire life. Of what now, and I think the only way people can understand who weren't in the military is to paint a quick picture. And I think people have the idea that when you're in basic training, and then when you're in tech school, which is 
Um, it's a little, definitely a lot lenient, more lenient than basic training. You're getting more freedom, but you still have a regiment that you have to follow, right? You have class. You, there's a lot of structure. But I think everyone will get that when you're in the military in that situ, in that kind of environment, you don't want to like do something, say, out of the ordinary or to break ranks or make a face at anybody or do something other than march, keep your eyes straight and just do what you're told and shut the hell up, right? Sure. Military bearing. You got it. 100%. So, right. And we're headed to... And Scott, look, Scott played by the rules. Scott and I, in a way, were different. And then you, you probably explained it. I think Tony knows. I mean, I grew up. I had a, I had a, I had a really good life as a kid. You know, I had a lot of things. A lot of people don't, and I'm very appreciative of it. So I don't know if it was something with you with that. How where I got to, to this whole fearless, fearless thing. It sounds a lot cooler than what the reality of it really is. But a part of my brain didn't ever really develop till later in life about consequences of my actions. <laughs> but so the, the thing I'm about ready to describe that Scott did is something you would think that I did. In fact, we should have said, who did this, <laughs> Pat or Scott? Everyone would have said Pat. <laughs> so we're, it's early in the morning, so early it's dark out. It's in San Antonio where we're, we're marching, what, from, from Chow to, to class, correct? Oh, good, good memory so far. Yeah, yeah, so we're going we're going to the squadron. We're on the actual base. We're not at the annex at this point. We're actually on base. And we're we march, we took the bus to child, then we march. And when you're in there, you have to get file in formation, right? And and then each flight, whatever, what is it? Everybody then starts to kind of file in in, in order of being called on. Um, now, in, in a marching formation, and I'm probably saying all the words wrong, I'm so far, you were just there, Scott, so correct me where I'm falling apart here. But you, at the point, you were our guide, right? The one That's that correct. kind of led us in marching. So if we were in basic, you would have been the guy carrying that flag around. And I don't know if you had, actually were at this point, but you would, you, so when we would stop, Scott would, and we were called in by column, Scott would then have to pivot and march to the front of that line. Am I correct? That, yep, that's correct. There, there was yeah. there was like a maneuver you had to do from I, I believe it was from <laughs> right to left. I can't recall. But as we're marching, you know, we're not in basic training anymore, so it's not like you know people are kind of taking their helmet off a little bit. People aren't being completely you know Mister hey, hey, you know making sure they don't their arm doesn't swing the wrong way. Everyone's a little bit loose and formal. You can sometimes people might be whispering. And I don't know what we did. I think Scott and I used to, we would, everyone would troll. And I think Scott and I always kind of instigated this shit. And there was this guy, Les. And I remember Scott or I said something, I was saying something like, hey, Les, do this, do this. Like challenging to do, who can do something a little bit wacky and get get away with it. Well, right before we're about ready to go inside, we're like, hey, do this when you go inside. Like, do it. Oh, I remember. We used to make up our own marching, remember? We used to do Mm -hmm. like, like, Spin around. We're like, hey, do like a little spin. And Les goes, why don't you do a fucking cartwheel? So we're getting called in. And rather than Scott doing his little pivot and getting in front, he does a fucking... And, and, it, and then you have to say something out loud as you were doing it or when you got there. So you do this thing. And yeah. Now, now yeah. Scott's like six foot four. So Scott's like the tallest guy in our formation. 
So he does a fucking cartwheel. And as it's happening, my mouth, my mouth had to have dropped. Like, what? Like, I, there's no way I, well, first of all, I can't do a fucking cartwheel. So that's one thing. But the second thing is, yeah, I'm not doing this. He does the cartwheel. And I, we were a little bit, we were thinking, okay, there's really no one really important watching us. Just the guy that was marching us who, he can't do shit. Well, the, the commander, somewhat of high ranking, had just put their head out the door. And Scott was doing his fucking cartwheel through the air. And as we start marching in, he gets pulled to the side. And as I told Scott, I've never laughed so hard for so long. I literally laughed from about 6 o'clock in the morning until we got back on the bus to go back to the annex around, what, 4 o'clock. I could not stop laughing all day long to where I think I was. We almost got, a couple of us almost got in trouble in the class. Just because I could not stop fucking laughing that whole day. Yeah, that was definitely the story of the day. Uh, a little disappointing you didn't mention how solid the cartwheel was. Because, I mean, it was a pretty clean cartwheel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you didn't kick you anyone. The landing? Oh, I, oh, I yeah. stuck it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, pretty it impressive was... for such a tall person. These legs go flying. I mean, it's kind of almost like, oh, shit, what's going on? Like, what's all this movement going on? This dude, Scott's a big guy. I mean, at that time, you hadn't got as big as far as with your working out, but you were still, I mean, you were tall. It was pretty alarming to see, especially that close. Like, I couldn't see the whole thing because I was so close because he was so tall. But the guy that stuck his head out, I don't know, was he the commander of the squadron or was he the no, flight commander? It, it wasn't that uh, glamorous, but it was one of the... So the, basically you have classmates appointed to lead you and they're, they're called ropes. And he literally, nobody was looking. I did the quick look. Nobody was looking, but he turned around at exactly the wrong time. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, basically got me upside down. Uh, and, and what, what's even better about it is when they write up these things called 341s it's basically like when you have poor behavior they record it on a quick little slip you already have it pre-filled out and they're like give me a 341 and then they write whatever you did wrong in it and he no kidding and i wish i had saved that sucker because he did give it back to me so cool points to him but uh initially he took it and wrote doing cartwheels in formation uh on the 341 <laughs> I like begged him to give it back to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, you know, bad decision is going to really bite me. Uh, but he did wind up giving it back to me, uh, but was, gave me the warning of like, if you ever, which is pretty awesome, you know, cause it's somebody in your same age group that's in a position of power. Uh, and it would have been so easy for him to be like, guess what I caught this freaking clown doing. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, solid you know most of the times that i got in trouble uh pat was within uh <laughs> reaching <an> distance <laughs> of me and that that's oh, definitely yeah. that's definitely like the first but it, it definitely yeah. wasn't the last well it's funny you should mention that go what were you gonna say Doug? Go ahead. i was just asked does the air force have a tumbling team he could have been on who me not, or not not. Oh, me not you yeah. we, we already established Zero yeah. time skills. I was yeah. the tumble team. I was yeah. the tumbling team. <laughs> so we got to, I started, got to think it though. When I start, cause that's something I'll never forget the cartwheel thing. But then I started thinking of some other memories started happening. And I started thinking of a time Scott and I 
and I I don't know who who in, instigated this. Probably you. <laughs> Probably could have been. <laughs> could have been. So we we had this area. We were in a tech well. We were in a facility underneath our squadron where it was you know very highly secure area, and uh, hence what we did there in the Air Force, which was it's not as um, you know in in, in, the, in the in the IT I guess world, um, but we. We were we there's an area where it was where we could test a lot of the different kinds of equipment we used. It's called you know the mock-up, and we're in there. And of course, anytime I had an opportunity to to play reindeer games or whatever the hell I did, I jumped on the opportunity to screw around for a little bit. We get in there and there's a phone call, a landline that we could call out. So I guess I it was my idea to have the idea of start calling random numbers. And you remember, remember, this is like, what, 1995, 96, maybe 95, I'm pretty sure. And no caller ID uh, from the base. Yeah, yeah. I had to push actual buttons and hear dial tone when, you know, it was one of those wall hanging phones, beige. I in there, we start just randomly dialing numbers and talking to people and pretending we were radio disc jockeys. Oh yeah, and tell and remember, I think we were telling people they'd want a million dollars, or I don't know, like you're on live on the radio, and you remembered the the call, radio sign, didn't you say what we what I was we were telling people? I I, I do, yeah, it was uh, KRDO, Comjack Radio because there was a communications <laughs> jack, uh, yeah, so KRDO Comjack Radio, and <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait. Comjack. <laughs> Com. Com, com jack like communications okay. jack because we're just making sure yeah. there's no u in there okay no no uh yeah totally totally clean uh harmless fun okay this um, is a family show yeah people yeah. really believe they were winning prizes <laughs> or whatever the hell we were promising them oh, we were we so just to date it uh one of the places we called was a blockbuster video uh on powers boulevard in colorado springs really and we told them to go outside and yell out that comjack radio was the best radio station out there to enter them for the prize (laughs) (laughs) and people were doing it uh people were buying it pat and i had our schmarmy uh radio voices on uh you know we're just overdoing it like and uh and we're just uh, just absolutely taking advantage of, uh, you know, people working these working yeah. these jobs, looking for a little bit of excitement in their lives. I should have been given an award, by the way. But who caught us? Now I started thinking if it was Mike, or who would have caught us? That well, got us I know who I know who told on us. Oh. It was it was Al that yeah, told. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. I think we were laughing and. I want to say Mike came in there and we were laughing and then we basically self ID because we're like, well, this is funny. We're not going to keep this to ourselves instead of just going, ah, Pat told a joke and like hang up the phone. Like, so <laughs> the more people involved, the higher the probability you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, so now fast forward. Now the reason this story, I mean, it's funny because it's fun and it's stupid. It kind of makes me want to do it right now. But uh, was was a couple years later. Okay, I've I've kind of went down a, a certain area. I, I I may have lost a stripe or something. Um, uh, and just one. Kind of, well, no, but okay, two <laughs> stripes. Whatever I'd lost uh, for 
dingling behavior. And I'm sitting in front of the commander, one of our beloved NCOICs or NCOs we had. Um, this guy meant a lot to both Scott and I. Um, he, uh, he was in the room with me. This was a new commander, and I have my new NCOIC, who was, who was actually awesome. And I owe him a lot of gratitude. And the commander was in front of there, and she starts reading the laundry list. And I couldn't believe that they had written down all the stupid shit I've done or gotten in trouble for. You know, little things. What, something that if you had one of these in your file, no big deal. But when you had as many as I, I, I did, it was an issue. And the commander starts reading all the stuff off. And the only way for me to describe it, have you ever been, have you ever seen Top Gun, Tony? Who hasn't? Okay, well, and I think Scott maybe knows where I'm going. Remember the part at the beginning when the commander is telling Maverick and Iceman, or, or Maverick and um, Goose? Goose, yeah. Th that uh, they're going to Top Gun because the other guy gave up. And he's like, uh, and here they're going, they're, actually I don't know if it was that part, but there's a part where someone's rattling off all the stupid shit Maverick had done in his career. One of it was like something of uh, having s sexual blah, blah, blah with the commander's daughter and all this stuff. And it's it sounds ridiculous. Well, that was my experience with the exception of it was nothing as cool as me being with the admiral's daughter. It was uh, reading off a bunch of stuff, lot you know, st stupid things that mounted up like you locked yourself out of your car that was running that had no insurance and she gets a part of uh, in, in person fraudulently and um, fraudulently and imposter imposing as or posing as a radio disc jockey from a government phone in the squadron. And I'm sitting there like, and I'm, I don't think this is shit's funny at all because I'm like, I had to pay consequences. And thankfully, the commander put me through um, kind of a thing, just like, hey. We're gonna. We're, I'm throwing the book at you, but we we want you here because we know you're a good guy. We know you do a good job, and you have a, a whole team of people who have your back. And what my the guy that was in there with me, Eric, who was you know the guy I was telling you about that Scott and I looked up to. I hear him make a noise when she does says this, and I and it's like a, and he's in the corner of my eye, and he's out of the view of the commander, but I could see him, and he's standing at attention. And he's trying to give the squinty, squinty eye concerned look, but I could tell he was laughing. But he kept, he kept like a, a stoic look, but he was laughing like he, like he was choking, like going. <clears throat> and I about lost my shit. And that's when I realized the, the, the absurdity of what was going on at that moment when she was going off all the stupid stuff. And, you know, and I almost wish I had that list. I, mean, I forgot, long forgotten about some of these things. But some of those moments in my life kind of shaped me to who I am today, especially the the first sergeant we had right at the end before I left. You know, it was uh, quite interesting how your path and my path were quite different at that time, Scott. And uh, but that was a long rant I just went through. But it was uh, for, for me funny. But every little thing I do remember all the stupid stuff that we did. Well, um, that so I was thinking back. I was like, was that the time that? He did the about face, uh, which is basically facing away <laughs> oh. from the commander. And the yeah. commander was like, yeah. I'm not finished, Airman Germano. Yeah. And he had to spin yeah. back around. Yeah. That, you know what, Scott? I, I forgot about that. I think that's what got uh, Eric 
blowing <laughs> snot out of his nose. That's when he laughed. So I thought she was done. And, 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 and I think there's the... There's even a formality when the commander's done before yeah, you. Yeah, you're do you're that. you're supposed salute. to salute, yeah, and uh, return, but yeah. instead you just you're <laughs> like that. That list is about done. How did you know that? How did you remember that? From, were you there too? No, no, but anytime. So obviously, like you said, my career continued. Anytime I see uh, like an airman come in, uh, you know, to report to the commander uh, or anything like that. Uh, Anytime something comical is done, I have to like exhibit extreme self-control because you do you, like sometimes you do want to laugh when you know somebody comes in the room and they do like sixty facing movements to get in front of the desk instead of just taking the most direct path, and they're not doing it to be funny. They're so freaking nervous, and that was you. You weren't trying to be a clown. You knew what you were supposed to do, but you're so nervous about the situation, uh, you know, that you forget to do things like your arms, uh, arm swing at the same time as your legs are moving, like, uh, which <laughs> is a total, I mean, try it, you know, when you, when you yeah. get an opportunity, it's super hard to walk that way, but pe you know, people will march in even doing that. And uh -huh. yeah, I, so I, I did think back to that a lot and I'm like, dang, if I, I wish I could have been there to, I don't know what I, I was thinking because <laughs> they try to put us under the most arrest possible in basic training. I never failed that kind of shit. I mean, remember, we actually had to go through where we had to go with Sergeant Archuleta. We had to go. Mm -hmm. He was the commander, and we had to go in, and everyone was screwing up. Where you had to go like he's the commander, and you just had to go straight to in front of the desk at a certain point, do your salute, do your, you know, sir. I mean, the reporting on. statement, yep. Yeah, yep. And, then, and then that was it. Then you did your about face, and then you left, and like, after all that accolades and basic, the, the things I did good, <laughs> and I couldn't do, and I do it about face, obviously without even doing a salute, because who knows? But yeah, that was uh, that was some time. Let me tell you, I just so, remember being so embarrassed. I just wanted to get the hell out of there, to be honest. Well, that's usually it. it you know, so Tony, you've known Pat for a long time. Does any of this like actually sound far fetched to you? Uh, no. Unfortunately, yeah, no. no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I don't know. Depends how you look at it. Um, yeah, it's it's funny how he, he downplays a lot of his uh, self-induced. Like it was my. How many checks do you think you bounced back then? There. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> Pat! Like that was like oh, and everybody's like. No, I think I dude, think we did. We get lunch. We got lunch somewhere where someone had my check or name on their register. And I just immediately <laughs> left. <laughs> Probably more than one place. What a piece of shit I was, dude, for real. Uh, no, nah, you know, uh, that's the thing is you did nothing out of malice. Uh, you know, typically the person that you hurt the worst was was yourself. Yeah, I you see know, that. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, the thing about it was you went to, uh, you know, it, basically the military tried rehabilitation on Pat. Uh, they sent him to a place that they no longer have at any basis, but it was called correctional custody. And uh, basically, it was jail on base uh, <laughs> to to try to reform people, uh, you know. And Pat actually responded incredibly well to it. Uh, you know, every time I saw him, he was running, he was dropping weight. He wasn't drinking, you know, he was, he was getting his life under control. 
Uh, and you know, sometimes Pat, the world just has other plans for you. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if you want me to get into the next part. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that. go for it. I mean, yeah, everything was looking good. It was, things were looking up for Pat Germano and, uh, and he gets out of correctional custody. How, you, how long was that? Like 30, 40 days? It was long. It, it was 30 days. It was like being in basic training again. Yeah. But it's, it, it's mean, much better than getting kicked out. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, oh yeah. You took, I think they offered it to you and you're like, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, like, I'm not leaving. So th 30 days of this, uh, of this lifestyle. And uh, I mean, he like literally, I, I don't know, you probably dropped like 20, 25 pounds in that, you know, in that month period, maybe more. I don't know. You had some right. weight to, to drop. Uh, and, uh, and what was it probably about three days after you got out of correctional custody? One. Was it? I had uh, one night gosh. of sleep when I got out, and it was the next day because the night one after. Four, you... Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Scott, you there? Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Well, no, I was oh, yeah. at. Uh, I was at. We went to. I went to Olive Garden that night with a couple people. And everyone celebrated. Brought bought a buck, bottle of wine, and I I drank uh, more than I, you know I hadn't drank in a while, so I got sick, and was sick. But I knew I had to go to work. I'm going into going in, you know. I'm gonna feel a little bit shitty. I, I wasn't feeling good. I, I was doing some detail in the squadron, and uh, that night we had planned to go to was it Bennigan's? It was Bennigan's. For my hey coming out party, the party of uh, hey Pat's free. Yeah, Pat, and, look at uh, the success. Look at this guy's success. He is on the right side of the of the tracks. Yeah, and I, uh, I so Pat in true Pat form, like I don't, and I don't know, you know, dominoes fall. You know, people believe in fate, whatever. Uh, you know, but dominoes fall a certain way. And I, you know, I remember it clearly is you didn't have any money, um, but you, you had money saved because you weren't spending it while you're in correctional custody. Uh, and you're like, I need to get some money. And it was on the other side of uh, uh, four, what well, now six lane, like three and three, right? So it was yeah, a was very wide I was, street. Yeah. Was there as okay. recently as about five years ago, by the way. Uh, Academy Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the and Carefree Academy and Carefree. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was another place. But that building's so, yeah. still there, and the bank is still there. Yeah, oh, five dollar yeah. bills. Five dollar bills. My wife yeah. was with me, and I parked. I'm like, you know what? I got to do something. And it was real weird, man, because I got kind of emotional. And it was really strange, but I had to oh, cross yeah. that street. That I, I, I I've been it. there. I've been out there a couple times. Uh, it's amazing you crossed it. I now. So I actually was, and I remember this distinctly. I was like, "Oh, dude, let me drive you over," and you're yeah, like, you, "No, man, go go inside, get a get a table. I'll just I'll just hook." You it over literally there. told me, Pat, this is your night. You don't need any money. You literally told me that. Yup. Um, I remember I, correctly. Now, I remember better. Re, let just refresh my memory on this because for some reason I may, maybe I've embellished the story of the years. But I think I even remember saying, "Don't get nailed by a car crossing a road." You you always Jinx. were the foresh you always were the <laughs> foreshadowing. No, Scott was a very good friend. He never held back with me. He was honest. Like we were yeah. having a conversation, uh, and he said this. He said, uh, "Eric, he's like, 
he's like, you know, Pat, or no, he looked at me um, and he says, Pat, if you're going to play out in the road, you're going to get hit. I mean, not that moment before, but I mean, you, you, this was kind of the microcosm, but even though funny enough, I was, you know, who knows what would have happened if I had gotten hit by the car? Would I have stayed in the straight and narrow? I think I probably would have just gotten, did what I had to do to, you know, the reality of me screwing, you know, like I really had to go to correctional custody. I remember thinking I really, but then that night I, I had too much to drink. And I remember thinking I didn't even have that much. It was one of those things where you drink, I drank some wine. It's like, and I remember feeling the next day, like you asshole, you're going to work and you're going to be, you're going to have your ironed. You're, you know, you're going to have your, your fatigues on. You're going to look good. You're going to get your shit done. You're going to get through the day. So, like, so no, let's, let's clarify for the listeners exactly what happened to you. I wanted to, yeah. He, so he, he just, he just hijacked that for a minute before, you know. Yeah, I apologize. Like, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> so I, as I'm going into Bennigan's, uh, I hear uh, brakes lock up. And it this wasn't like a quick little, er, this was the long screeching, you know, I'll spare the microphone and the speakers, but this was a long screeching, enough time for me to turn around and see Pat get crushed by uh, what was that like a nissan sentra or something Not or nissan ultima a nissan ultima get like absolutely crushed by a nissan ultima and uh i i took off uh immediately to go uh see how like if he was okay um and uh and i think he was almost still rolling by the time i got to him uh, and he actually stood up and it was like, what the hell happened? And like, he had blood all over his face and I actually made him lay back down. And, uh, and I looked up at the car that hit him. The woman was just sitting behind the wheel, just holding her steering wheel. And the car was totaled. Uh, and, uh, and I, I did notice, you know, later cause uh, the car hitting him really messed up his knees when he was standing up, his knees were just like, it was grotesque. They were just going everywhere. Uh, and so, yeah, he, and that was, you know, unfortunately, like I said, call it karma or whatever, but like something out there is like this, this guy is just, this needs to be a hard point in his life. Uh, and he just got through that correctional custody way too easy. Uh, so this car n knocked him literally out of his shoes. Uh, one shoe was over on all three lanes over on, yeah, all on the corner and, uh, yeah. And Brand new, new shoes too, weren't they? Vans or something? Yeah, like they that? were Vans. They so, were nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and and honestly, so uh, when the cops came, the cops actually gave me. Uh, was it? Now the cops did not give me a ride to the hospital when they put him in the ambulance, because uh, Eric came out there. Um, right, Eric gave me. Did Eric give me a ride or the cops gave me a ride? But either way, yeah. the cops were were like this guy's not going to live like just having seen the car, uh, like not really even seeing him. They're like, this guy's going to die. Uh, which obviously, you know, super good friend, uh, not something that you want to hear. Um, so that, I mean, it's a, you know, you talk about going back to that spot. That's, that's, it's an impactful spot. If you got a memory like that. Um, but they, they rush him to the hospital and it's, and he actually, it sounds, you know, he got, he got lucky, you know, but all things considered, uh, 
he has some uh, deer-like instinct in him to jump a little before the car hit him, uh, which did mess up his knees and put him over the hood into the windshield. But uh, he wound up surviving because of that, because the car did not mow him down. So, uh, but then that kind of turned things around uh, for him. So, uh, you know, I'll let you keep going with that, Pat. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the reality of it is probably for a little bit, I did kind of rear an ugly head of like uh, divine intervention that I'm still alive. Like, of course, my arrogance still was there intact (laughs) fully of me telling people like, well, there's a reason I'm alive. I didn't even know what divine intervention even meant. I'm saying it to people. Um, But yeah, no, but I think over the time and then after dealing and then Tony, I mean, I go to college. Tony will tell you I didn't have my shit all together getting back. I mean, I was still doing some pretty not I didn't have my my stuff. Every day was a party. And part of that <laughs> I needed getting hit, but it was it was it was it, was, it happened probably about 10 years after that when it finally kind of occurred to me. And I was at, and I was in uh actually probably even further cuz I was in LA. I had somewhat had gotten some ambition to want to do good. I wanted to do things. I knew that that like I have to get these things done, but I still had this reckless behavior about me. So probably not until um, going through having pancreatitis in 2010, which they did connect with me getting hit by a car because of scar tissue in my body from impact, which again, that's an assumption from doctors now because it wasn't not connected like connected service so much as they say, you've had blunt trauma to your body and, you know, my head that I've been dealing with or had, you know, I had to get to check up with cognitive skill things because of the the wrath of it because remember that concussion i lost i was i couldn't see for a little bit of time which mm-hmm. was the scariest thing actually but yeah it was years later and i think it was be finally i finally kind of said dude you got hit by a car you're playing you're playing with fire constantly think that you're okay and you gotta you have to take responsibility and the funny thing is tony knows my parents and tony knows the way i was raised and knows that i know better you know, so that was kind of the, even the bigger, the uh, another issue with all that, kind of looking back, like, why were you so, why, what, what, who the hell do you think you are, you know? Yeah, your, your parents are probably crying in their pillow every night, Pat. It, and you know what, Tony, you, you, that's, I know, yes, that's 100%. Even when I was in, in, the, in, uh, in you know, because I saw you again, Scott, when I was in college. Yep, yep. You know, so, I- and then, and then after that, of course, you know, I kept, well, my calling, you know, and Tony knows he started, he's, he, Tony was there at the beginning when I started doing stand up in Chicago and I knew I had to go out to LA. I thought this is what I was supposed to do. And who knows, maybe, you know, and I think it was, I, I liked doing the entertainment stuff. It was good. It was great, but I couldn't get out of my own way. And my parents will tell you, even the part when I got pancreatitis and it was from excessive drinking and I'm on the phone with my father. And he says, Pat, what are you going to do? I'm in the hospital at the VA in Los Angeles. And I say, I don't know. When I get out of here, I'm probably going to order a pizza. Like being all snarky. <laughs> like snarky. My dad, I don't even, re- <clears throat> he made it clear that I'm not the only one in this thing. And he said, you know, basically question if I'm ever going to, you know, like, are you going to take control? Are you going to finally do what's right? Basically say, well, you got to get your ass back and get near family and, and do something that makes sure you're going to get your shit together. 
And it took all that time. So even saying, oh, the car accident didn't, the car, the car crash didn't do anything except kind of probably put pause on, on certain death for me. Then when I get back there, that's when I got my shit together. Probably was about 14 years after my, or 13 years after my accident and a half. When I finally realized you got to get in shape, you got to take control of your health, you got to take control of your mind. You've got to start, you know, the way I looked at it was I had to put kind of my own things of what's important, family, health, lifestyle, right? Uh, these are the things I need to uh, pro progress. Those are the four pillars of who I am. And it all came after saying I've got, and you know, and I still sometimes probably, you know, I miss being reckless, believe it or not. <laughs> you know, I miss being reckless. I miss like, man, I just want to go out and just like see where the night takes me. But I just, I'm not going to do that. But it's like, I miss that sometimes. Sometimes I find myself kind of like, what am I doing? Like I'm a caged animal. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're not satisfying your, your urges, your, this insanity, which, you know, for sometimes people that think that way, you think, well, they're eventually going to fall off. Right. But for some reason, there's something that makes it so I know I'm not going to fall off. And, you know, and I think I, that's really because of the, my wife. And making the good decisions that created an environment around me that makes it almost virtually impossible. But I also, I also know who I am. You know, yeah, am I a different person? Of course, I'm, I'm different. I'm doing different things, different environment, making better choices. But I'm still the same path, right? So that never, I have dreams sometimes thinking, I used to, not anymore. But I think of like, you know, having a dream where I'm having, where I'm drinking, you know, or if I'm just like out of control or whatever it is. And, I, and it used to bother me. I wake up thanking God I, I wasn't screwing up. But that was a long time ago. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm an older guy. I'm an older guy. I think maybe age hasn't given me wisdom so much as it's kind of gotten rid of my urges somehow, like numbed certain parts of who I, you know, that young spirited insanity. If maybe your testosterone made. levels are just lower. <laughs> yeah, sounds like low T to me. Uh, go see a doc. <laughs> You'll be back to your reckless self in no time. <laughs> oh, no, but the funny thing is, though, Scott, so you and I kept in touch off and on here and there, right? And then recently, well, recently, well, probably a couple of years ago, maybe. I mean, we talked a few years ago. Then I think up to about a year, year and a half, two years ago. And I'd been in touch with with your wife on Facebook. And yeah. who, 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 by the way, is a Steeler fan, which I applaud. Good job. She did good. You have a beautiful daughter. So I, 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 I think she, she must know of, some, of me being a friend. And I think she treats me real nice for someone I've actually never personally met, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I kind of makes me feel like it gives me an understanding, just a feeling of how well you're doing. And, and then we were talking, and when you told me you, had reti you were retiring and you were a chief master sergeant, I, my mind was blown. If you don't know what Chief Master Sergeant is, it's the highest ranking. I think I might have mentioned it already. Of the NCOs, you've had quite a life. You, were, I think, you were out in Idaho before moving back out east. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, places. I, I love North Carolina, and and uh, it when you talking to you, it's like it's like still talking to the same Scott, obviously, like right now. But, you know, like a, a well-polished version of yourself, like a wise, if there's ever such a thing. When I was a younger person, I could be like, man, that person's wise. And I don't know if that, if that wise person exists anymore. 
maybe because I'm older, so I look at somebody like Tony, who I'm sure people look up to a lot. But it's like you're not wise. You're, you're <laughs> I don't Tony. know. I don't, are you talking about me? Yeah, this Tony or Scott. Like Scott's like, yeah, Scott. So what? You were chief master sergeant. Oh, so what? You retired and with a great career and serving your country. You're still Scott. But it's like, well, actually, you kind of all you well, both you, Scott and Tony, both of them. It's funny. I've had good friends who've had their shit together. And a majority of the, a lot of those times I was like, I don't know, would you guys keep me around because I was fun like I was a funny to have around? Was it like you needed a balance? You needed some little little taste of recklessness in your life? What what was the deal with you guys? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll let uh, Tony go first on this one for sure, because I'm curious. Um, no, man, you're a fun dude, and uh, just we had a connection, and you were loyal as a friend, and I don't know, they're just people you make connections with, and we had a connection. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we still shows after you know twenty something years, we're still doing shit. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's just part of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Pat, you know. You're you're a truly likable guy uh, and good-hearted at the absolute core. Like I said, you never really did any harm to anybody but yourself, and that that was tough to see sometimes. Uh, you know, as your friend, like I said, not being able to get out of your own way, uh, where you'd be like, "Damn, Pat, just you know, it, you." But you have to sometimes you got to accept your friends for like the choices they make, the you know the things that they do, especially when it's. It's not malicious. And every every corner, it always seemed like, all right, that's the kick Pat needed to kind of get back in line. But, you know, like you said, sometimes it takes longer time for some people uh, than it does for others. And a lot of times it's, you know, value related. And if you're living that, that young and reckless life and nothing can hurt you, nothing can touch you, you know, it's you don't have values kind of grounding you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I always thought when I tell myself like yeah I could have done better and I could have done these but this is who I was and I'm happy about it and I remember always saying I didn't have a regret but there is one thing I regretted and that was all the shit I put my friends and fam- my family and especially my parents through during those, some of these times but I mean like but it, it's all turned out so now I, that's how I kind of live my life is I owe it to those people around me to, to, to do my part and be a value to all these partnerships and relationships, right? But going back to that now, um, Scott, now the part I wasn't involved with was how you progressed in the United States Air Force. Now, I haven't said about what kind of jobs we did just because I don't want, I'll let you, allow you to chat, you know, speak on that if you wish. But tell us a little bit, I leave in 98, I leave. How much longer were you at Peterson Air Force Base? So it's it's funny. I actually tried to get out um, in 1998. Uh, I had a job uh, lined up, a job offer there in Colorado Springs, and I went into uh, Captain Ash. You remember Captain Ash? That sounds so familiar. Was he, he the? I remember he, a, a captain. Was he the, had be had he been there? Wait, I'll let you explain. I'll stop. Now he, well, so he remembered, I ran into him years and years down the road, uh, but he absolutely remembered you. So Captain Ash, uh, two things that I remembered Captain Ash for. One was him always telling me to cut my sideburns because 
I like to run it right to the line that you are allowed to have. And if there was a one hair over that imaginary line on your, on your head, he would like go after you about it. Um, so I just started cutting my, my sideburns higher, uh, from that point. And the other one was I, I requested, uh, you know, for, to get out and get this job, which you were permitted to do. Um, and he was like, no, I think the air force needs you airman. Uh, and I was like pretty pissed at him, but, uh, full circle on that one. I say he remembers you. He was a Colonel at Peterson when I made chief. And I saw his name on a mailbox when I was going to visit another colonel. And I'm like, is that like, you know, I, I don't throw names out there, but I'm like, that colonel, is that? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you wouldn't believe this. And I told him, like, I was here when he was just coming into the Air Force. And uh, and I'd love to meet him and, and just uh-huh. remind him that he, he told me I couldn't get out of the Air Force. <laughs> uh, while I'm here, you know, I made it through all these ranks and all these years, uh, you know, uh, like 14, 15 years later, whatever it was, uh, to, you know, have a conversation with this guy. And he, uh, it was priceless the way his, when he saw me, his face lit up, uh, cause he absolutely recognized me and, and we definitely had a good moment and I, you know, I brought your name up and you know, told him that you were doing well. And, uh, you know, he, he shared a few stories as well. And it was all laughs, you know, just like this, this guy. Uh, and I, and I told him about the sideburns. He totally forgot about that. And I told him about the conversation that he had with me on, you're not getting out of the air force. Uh, and he did not remember that, uh, which is crazy because obviously super distinct in my life and something, you know, that, that if because if he had said yeah sure you're you're good you know i'd probably be uh living in there uh, you know in colorado springs and working some contract job or something along the lines of that but uh and instead uh you know in 1999 uh it was like june of 1999 uh our boss comes in with a sheet of paper that came out on a dot matrix printer um like, you know, the sheets with the holes on the side that had the little right. spinny ball in there and uh, was like, uh, how do you feel about Europe? And I was like, well, you know, what do you what do you mean? And he hands it to me and I have an assignment to to Naples, Italy. Uh, and I had to leave in August. And what's what's crazy. Wow. Is, yeah. But so telling you you're you know you're stateside and comfortable and it's june and telling you you got to be somewhere in august is just uh and not just somewhere but halfway across the the globe and uh something i noticed throughout my career was anytime i started to really get comfortable somewhere or feel established uh or really feel like ah, i could i could stay here a while that's typically when i got orders to go somewhere else and so yeah i picked up and and went to naples italy for a couple of years there lived on the side of a volcano that's not a lie worked on an island at, you know off the coast in the mediterranean um wow yeah and and it was just incredible and it was great uh and what's crazy is when you get there is when they ask you if you want to stay there longer and I was like, no, like, I don't like, I just, you know, I, I'll do my 
two years here and be done. If they had asked me when it was time to go, I would have been like, give me another year. I'll take four more years, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> but it, it pretty, pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome job there. That took me to 2001. And, you know, obviously, you know, we all remember where we were in September, uh, you know, back in 2001, uh, what happened particularly on the 11th and, uh, you know, it, it, that was, that was huge. I was in, I was in Italy and, uh, I was working on my Island and our, our captain, Navy captain came down and it's like, you got to turn it on CNN. And we, you know, put on the news and couldn't believe what we were seeing. And, uh, obviously things went on lockdown, but I had already had, uh, an assignment to go back to the U S and they actually, you know, let me move later that month, you know, get on a plane, uh, which is, which is crazy, right? This huge act of terrorism. And, and they're like, okay, yeah, you can get on a plane. Uh, and then there's COVID and that locked things down, like everything down for so long. Um, you know, kind of looking at, you know, the response, the, the country's response to both. It was definitely interesting and impactful, obviously. Uh, so I went to Shaw Air Force Base from there, which is in uh, Sumter, South Carolina, and mm -hmm. spent a huge part of my career there. A lot of deployments, uh, a lot of, you know, crazy, crazy adventures, crazy, saw a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I, that, when you're looking at a 26-year career, uh, to try to sum it and summarize it in any short uh you know, story is incredibly difficult. Uh, I, I like to consider myself super lucky because there's probably some times where, you know, I, I made a stupid move, uh, and for whatever reason, uh, it was forgiven or, you know, I, I walked away with, uh, you know, more than I probably deserve to walk away with and, you know, career of more right turns and wrong turns for sure. Um, but, yeah, basically, I went, I deployed so much that the uh, Air Force asked me where I want to go next. And I told them Charleston, South Carolina, went to Charleston, uh, spent some time there. That's where I met Stacy, went okay. to Illinois. Uh, and day one of being in Illinois, um, that we, so we dated it back. That is when our, the, the first moves were made for, uh, my daughter, who was born later in Illinois, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was that. That's one of those things you typically talk through with your wife, uh, you know, when they stop taking birth control or whatever. <laughs> uh, surprise, but obviously awesome surprise, and obviously uh, super fortunate to have, you know beautiful, healthy, funny, smart, young, young daughter. Uh, you know, we were there in Illinois, uh, for a little while and obviously, you know, all this time promotions just kept, kept me moving. I, my goal was to be a master sergeant E7, uh, and retire in Charleston. And here I was, a you know, a base after a rank after, and then while we're there making another rank and then them telling me, you know, Oh, you're going to Idaho. And, uh, you know, that's where I rounded off my career, you know, the last three and a half years, uh, kind of spent in, in Idaho, uh, you know, just trying to work for those, 
uh, Pats and those Scots, you, you know, figuring out, you know, who, who needs just a little bit of help, who needs a kick, mm -hmm. and who needs to see the door. Um, so I, I, and I think back, I'm like, oh, if I was an airman, what, how would I, how would I treat myself? Uh, you know, how would I view myself and back then? And, you know, same with looking at Pat, you know, if I, if, you know, 44 year old me was looking at, uh, you know, 19 year old Pat or 20 year old Pat, you know, would I have been able to make a different, uh, impact on him? Would I have been able to make a difference or was it, would he be one that I would be trying to get out? Uh, to make room for somebody else. So, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like you probably and probably what a lot of people at Peterson did was allow me to kind of make the decision for me in a sense of, you know, you, you're not going to throw someone off the cliff. They're going to either they're going to either throw themselves off or they're just going to be put in a situation where they're going to make a decision. I mean, really looking back, I mean, you're either, you're going to live a hard life two ways. By making it hard and, and through accomplishment or hard because you've given yourself a hard life by not making the right decisions, right? So, you know, th th at that point, I mean, I wouldn't have even had the capacity of having a discussion. Just knowing I'm looking at something that needed to probably be fixed and I'm just going to turn my head for a minute and I'm going to ignore it because it'll just fix itself, right? I mean, and the reason I even thought that way at one point was because of the, the first sergeant that was there um, at the very end. He said some pretty meaningful things to me, you know. He said something that my dad would, would tell me. He's like, he put me in front of a mirror. He's like, what do you see? And it got me, you know. And at that point, I'd already made the choice. And at that point, I was also on a, I was injured from my accident. And even if I wasn't, I'm not even sure if I would have been given the approval to reenlist if I wanted to. And even at that point, I wanted to get the hell out. You know, so I was thankful to have gotten my honorable discharge it was somewhat of a miracle because of all the i felt like i was doing more work on being in front of the commander or you know being on a detail versus you know being a value to that to that office i mean i think i was but i mean for me in my perspective i just felt like god what did i do why did i even get in trouble for leaving my car on and locking myself out to come to find out <laughs> my insurance had expired a week before and now i'm in trouble you know i remember one time when uh you had that little suzuki swift right oh God. i remember one time you were like pissed at why were you, you were pissed at the car for some reason and this just this this right here is a some a some basically summarization of kind of how things worked out for you back then so you were pissed at your car for some reason it was in the winter time i don't remember if it did it wasn't starting or well, I'm thinking it wasn't starting and you punched the windshield <laughs> and that windshield literally split from end to end with like spider web cracks. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'd started that already. Didn't I? After the Colorado spring flames, you got, we'd want the championship had been won that football. Yeah. And I, and I punched it with the car and I started a, a little crack. I don't know, but yeah. might, there might have been, or you had a, you might have had like a little rock chip. It was like a little split, but that it literally went from end to end. And you, yeah, you yeah. drove it around like that for a little, a little while. 
A little longer than you're supposed to. <laughs> well, probably longer than you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, funny how that car ended up, by the way. But um, where did that car end up? It ended up something some somewhere in uh, south uh, western Ohio in a farm. I, it, it's scrap. <laughs> it's scrap. It's uh, it was destroyed. I I, I blew up a uh, piston through the hood of the car. I. I Lack of oil change apparently makes a car. Yeah. I do remember that you said you never changed the oil. <laughs> yeah, he used I did to, that to love two cars. I did that to two cars because I did that to the truck too. <laughs> oh, that you had like an S10 or something, didn't you? Yeah, how'd you? Yeah, I yeah. did. I was uh, me and Steve, Tony's brother, just got back from from Mardi Gras because, of course, I'm going to Mardi Gras. Yeah. Because what else am I gonna do? Be responsible. But it was a good trip because Steve is responsible. So we had gone there, had a great time. I came back, and my, my, my truck wouldn't start. Well, because the engine seized because I didn't do oil changes. Apparently, those were mm. important. Yeah. I, so you never paid me back for the – I think I put a tire. Did I put a tire on that? Did you? I'm pretty sure when you did. came and visited, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah when I came, yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. I this is really visited. making me look like a real piece of crap. Hey, I'm gonna buy you dinner next time when we do our Georgia trip. I remember. Well, your uh, your sister was incredibly touched by the gesture, uh, but you were like, "Oh, like you just took it." Like, man, I, I know you appreciate it for sure. I say you you just took it, but you were definitely like, uh, you know, just like, "Well, shit, I guess." <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Drive around with a flat tire? But yeah, I remember that you had the flat tire. That Jesus. thing was, yeah, Christ. yeah. You had an air freshener in it, though. This is so Pat's always funny. Yeah, you had an air freshener in it, and it and it said "new car." And he says, "I don't know why this thing won't work." And he kept rubbing it all over his truck. And he's like, "This thing's still an old piece of shit. <laughs> this this yeah. new car doesn't work." Yeah, I don't know if I was funny enough to do something like that. That must have been near, but no. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought it would be a good idea to reminisce and talk about embarrassing moments. And I don't know mm -hmm. if this one backfired a little <laughs> but you can't hide that's the worst thing you do is hide away from things like the things that molded who you are now less things you were, were still, really screwed up for me now then we wouldn't be talking about you it. were still i mean literally that was i mean right after you got out because yeah you know i left that summer and i think you had left the previous winter or you know something relatively right. it was it was months in between so it wasn't yeah, like, it was I like 99 you yeah, it was like 10 years 99. down the road and your life was in shambles still you know it was you were still on the rebound <laughs> yeah but yeah no i do remember you what being out a re there. the rebound from hitting the car or no from getting uh pushed out of the air force uh, or or not you, you know you didn't get pushed out did you pat because it was december no, no, I was, so you you, know, I, you I got out. served for four years yeah you got out honorable no. discharge that's no, yeah there was a point where the commander she's like yeah um she wrote a letter and said that she wanted me to have an early discharge like a general discharge or whatever yeah and i went to the jag and they're like yeah this happens all the time they're like we'll write you a letter but nothing's going to change the commander's decision and suddenly, uh, I forgot who our NCIC's name was, who I refer okay. to as King, King Supers, because of something that Santos or whoever he said one time. Was it <laughs> Livingston? No, uh, it was yeah, Livingston, our, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Livingston, um, Godwin, Sergeant, the other Sergeant, oh, Sergeant Campbell. Campbell, yeah. A, a captain, they all came to my aid and said, and uh, they said, no, this is, this is wrong. 
they wrote the letter and then I got back. I'm like, no, they're, they're letting me stay in the military. And I would say that that last eight months actually went really smooth, honestly. I mean, it's hard to, you know, because that last two years I was in the military. I was on busted, I was on busted legs, man. I was rehabbing knees. And then I was, I kind of got back, kind of. And, and, and I w- it was pretty, now there was one hiccup and that's why I lost the stripe. Where <laughs> never forget Sergeant. You don't lose stripes for hiccups. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Sergeant Carroll was a straw that broke. It kind of like they had to do something because of my past of little stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And to think Sergeant Curley, I'll say his name, and I didn't appreciate it when I first got there. He's like, "Yeah, when you're you're not of age, but if you're on base, you're taken care of by your people, and you're taken care of by the people around you at the barracks." Well, I was back in the barracks now, and there was a get kid there, and I premeditatively bought about a bottle of whiskey we were in a day room and the gentleman asked i didn't ask his age but it's on me i i let him i'm like yeah well he got the the they changed some cultural things and look he, he was underage drinking there's that's a law uh, but i remember sergeant curly saying you're on base you're taken care of you know you don't want to go out to look after your airmen and I just I remember that sticking in my head because again I'm not making excuses and that's one thing I always did was take accountability. I'm, I'm sure I, I probably attempted to point a finger at one point or say something, but I knew. And Sergeant Curley put that's what that's what drove that was actually before the accident actually. So I'm I'm incorrect I'm incorrect again. That was what led to the correctional custody because I was yeah, kind of on right. I was I was somewhat on the swing back right before. When I got out of correctional custody, even before that, I did something and I had to pay the piper. And I told the commander, because, you know, like she said, she was new. And, and the thing was, she's like, well, the, like you said, the decision was mine. I'm like, I I know that I'm better than this. I'm not going anywhere. If I have the opportunity. And she agreed. She's like, yeah, because, I mean, she could have kicked my ass out. I mean, there's a lot of people getting kicked out, if you don't remember, at that time. Mm-hmm. People. And uh, so I'm like, I'm staying. And, uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. But I had to pay the piper, man. You got to pay for your responsibilities, you know. That's the thing. They had to do something when you're stupid years ago, and now you're doing things right. That's why you shouldn't do stupid shit, because it'll come back to haunt you. But Curly, I remember him saying it. Like, oh, well, you had he was the one behind it, too. Well, Pat did this. I'm like, not even, I, I just kind of kept it. Th- I mean, what am I going to say? He was a, I messed up. And it's like, I literally, we were in the day room, and but... I'm not even sure why I brought that up, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, but after that, after I got out and after I got busted, got hit by that car, everything seemed funny enough. At least my military career went pretty smooth. Yeah. For, for the, what was left for sure. I mean, I I do remember that. And I was, I was happy that, you know, you did, I, I had known somebody who got out with a, uh, you know, they got dishonorable discharge, uh, and went back to my hometown, which is the only, you know, like 45,000 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's delivering pizzas. And everybody's like, I thought I thought he was in the Air Force. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I thought he, thought he was too. And it was like four or five months later, uh, you know, from when he actually left. And I was like, well, that, you know, that's not going to be me. Obviously, when I did stuff like do cartwheels in formation, like I wasn't right. thinking about Bobby delivering pizzas back in Gardner, Massachusetts, but uh, I was certainly, you know, anytime big decisions came up, those were definitely, I was definitely thinking right. about that. Well, that's the thing. That's exactly what went through my head. I, I know someone from high school who I remember came back and I'm like, I thought you were in the army. And they're like, no. And I just remember thinking, 
that's not ever going to be me. And that was the, that's funny you say that because that was my driving force. There's no way I wanted to come back from not getting my four-year honorable, even general. Because back then, general meant dishonorable. At least that's in my eyes. Anything unless you got hurt, like a real injury because you actually did something. Yeah. You know, besides it, getting hit by a car. Because even after getting hit by a car, it was like, man, you, you know, you're, you're sustaining some pretty bad injury. You know, you may not be back at 100%. You know, and even then I was at, at a crossroad to make a decision. I remember, no. I'm like, I don't want to be the person that came back saying I have a medical injury. Instead, I, you know, I, I decided, you know, that's what was important. And, you know, funny, that had to be the, the thing that kind of got me to um, kind of get back in order. But, I mean, look, the squadron, every a lot of people there were behind me. As much, you know, they, they went in and was saying it was preferential treatment, which is funny to me. Um, because of a prior stuff that went on, which I wasn't too sure about that. But so, but all those, all the people were behind me. You, all, everyone in the office, the captain, everyone was behind me. They all wanted me to succeed. And they made it pretty easy for me to be in an environment where I wasn't going to screw up. You know, so I'm not going to say, oh, I got it together. It was really that, you know, I just don't want to get kicked out. You know, like, seriously. And, you know, it's not that hard not to do stupid shit constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. But so, like I said, uh, so yeah, g going from there and, and I, you know, I went to going into entertainment for a little bit and, you know, there's some bumps and bruises on the way, but man, it's besides the fact that, you know, I could say, you know, I'm glad everything happened because it, it made me who I am today. But the real thing I do have to I live with and thinking, I know I, I took some years off, probably a lot of my family members and friends lives, especially my parents, man. My dad told me, he's like, you know, like when I was talking to them one time, I, I remember through some conversation, I put them through absolute hell. And I remember saying, you know what, I'm never going to say I don't regret anything because I've I, that's kind of shitty of me, you know. So, but here I am, the great success that I am. <laughs> so it's all better now. So so I got I got to ask Tony, like, uh, you know, when... Pat got out of the Air Force and went back home. How long was it before you, you know, met back up with him? And kind of what what were your thoughts on on him, you know, coming back and how he was doing? Um, well, he, pretty much right when he came back, uh, you know, we saw him right away. Um, he actually came back and we were at college, and uh, he actually uh, moved in with us uh, at Northern. Um, he still liked to party. He still liked to uh, get wasted and uh, pee on cop cars and wake up with frozen pizzas. So, oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot more stories I forgot about, too. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but you know what? You know, he's still Pat, you know, doing what he he was doing. Um, then a few years later, uh, he decided to move to L.A., which I thought was totally awesome that he was doing something he wanted to do. And then uh, he took off and moved to L.A. and uh, started a life there. So, you know, it's kind of cool. He always did what he wanted to do and didn't let anybody stop him with that. So it's pretty awesome. Well, except for me, I tried my best to stop it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, at least you did it. At least you can say, oh, you, yeah. you know, pursued your dreams, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, no. I, yeah, the L.A. thing was very uh, – very exciting when I heard it. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Pat has got a shot there for sure, provided he doesn't, you know, 
uh, go down the wrong, you know, go down the wrong path. I definitely something I was, I was happy for him for going out there and putting himself out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many was out there for sure? <laughs> yeah, there's there's people that talk about what they want to do with their lives all the time, and Pat actually did it. You know, he did the stand up, and he, uh, you know, tried to get in movies, and he actually was in movies. You know, so yeah, and he was a matador. Was yeah, he was yeah. a matador too. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I, I, this is uh, this could be a funny, uh, you know, just rundown of your adventures, Pat. You know, the the Air Force was only a four year stint of it yeah i'm starting to think about that but uh it was what makes it it's just it was it was such a contrast though because in the military you're with the discipline and the and the military acumen and in the in the job you have not to say it's the most important job in the world i think people serve their country in a whole bunch of other ways right um but and to me, to probably sit there and tell someone in their face, I served my country would probably be, I, I watched myself a little bit, you know, <laughs> but, I, mean, I, put, I put myself out there. I was there, you know, I did it and, uh, and I had fun doing it and you know what? And I just got caught a lot of times when I was having fun at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Wasn't your life expectancy in battle like a minute with your job? Okay. So, and so. In, in to Scott for people, I was in Pat. Remember when I did Passenger Manifest? I yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. so I had to process people. So I learned about people's expectancy in life. Now you know how TACP has. Um, there was a TACP thing. I'm not. You probably know more about it than I do. I never knew about mm -hmm. this stuff, but it shows. There's an actual thing of life expectancy for per your AFS. Is that what's called AFSC? Your, yeah, job, your Air Force specialty code, the, right. yeah, the letters and numbers that make up your job. Yep. Right. Now, our, our job as crypto people, when in a mobility unit, when, and in certain situations, I guess, in a mobility unit, and I'm not sure how accurate this could have been, but a lot of people in our AFSC, the one we were in, died apparently at the beginning of combat because of lack of training with like opening up a parachute or something. I don't know. I'm like, I didn't have to learn how to jump out of a plane. Um, I remember you and I both were signed up for it to do it. And I lost my privilege uh, early on to be able to do that uh, because of getting in trouble where you can like actually go. And was it through the Academy? Do you remember? So wait a second. Not everyone in the air force knows how to jump out of a plane. No, not, not what? me. Well, so everybody no, knows no. how to jump out of a plane. It's just whether or not you know how to do it with a parachute and land safely. Right. Well, okay, so, I guess I guess I should put it that way. So, so, so I wasn't okay. in a combat. I wasn't a combat ready person. I was, uh, but there in in combat you have to have. That's why they have mobility, right? And certain bases are a mobile unit. Where I mm -hmm. was was not. It was Air Force Space Commands. Yeah, command, it was just, yeah, like people always talk about how the space. Um, What's it? What is it? The big joke was the Space Force or the whatever Space Corps they were talking about. Well, now about. the Space Force is a real thing. Well, that's been a real thing they were talking about when you and I were in. Well, yeah, they always they always did talk about it, and uh, you know, here we are, twenty five years later, and it happens, right? Still, right. So, but it was, um, but I would I, I wasn't trained to do any of that. We, we did, the, the amount of our we did two what two three days on a on a rifle range in training 
I think. Um, if, if that, it, when we were at the annex, right in basic, we did, we didn't yep. have much, I mean, it wasn't like we were learning infantry, um, especially then when our tech schools, some tech schools, they hit, you learned that stuff. We didn't have to. Um, so basically I found out that whether it was true or not, that in, in battle or whenever at the point of, I forgot what they call it, that people would die within seven seconds because they, we would be the first people without a weapon. Like you had a 60 pound back or 160 pound backpack with a nine millimeter, the people that were in a mobile unit in uh, two E3s and the other, it wasn't just our, it wasn't just us. And then it was very low. I think it was either seven minutes or seven seconds I'd read. And I remember sharing that with you too. I'm like, my God, our life expectancy is like <laughs> nothing. But again, that was, who knows where they got those numbers from. And I might've gotten, and I, I was not uh, authorized to probably understand any of that. Or <laughs> probably the person that was helping share the information of what I was looking at when I did passenger manifest. My job was to count passengers and understand how to process them as they were going from a base onto a C5 or going onto a plane. Um, let's see what C130, C141, whatever they were doing. So, and it was always an exercise. I never actually had to do the job. We, it was when we ran an exercise, I'd have to go to the flight line. I'd have to wear my red hat. And I'd have to get stand and, and wait for them to tell me what part of the process I was to line people or you know be part of the passenger man. They call it PAX manifest, meaning passenger manifest. So that cool. was that was a that was a fun time. Yeah. So I think one thing I have to ask is listeners will be upset if I I don't go into this, especially with all the UFO disclosure going on. Are either of you willing to talk about any UFOs or UAPs in your experience in the Air Force? So th- this is hilarious uh, in a way that uh, that this, ha- this no kidding, happened to me. Um, you know, when you go in, uh, especially our job, they look at what security clearance they can give you. You get a minimum of a secret clearance, uh, and, you know, typically they'll push for uh, top secret, or TS, they call it. And then when you do that, they do an extensive background investigation. So literally an investigator walked to my neighborhood, talked to my neighbors, talked to my friends, those kind of things. The first time I was home on leave, my, my buddy and I are like just hanging out, you know, just we were somewhere alone and quiet, you know, no, no prying ears. And he's like, so uh you're, somebody came in interviewed me about uh security clearance so uh i don't know if you can tell me or not but like area 51 and ufos are, are, <laughs> are those are those real like dead serious about it and i i thought it was funny uh you know it's one of those things if everybody thinks you're in the air force you uh you fly and everybody thinks that if you have a security clearance they, they just pretty much tell you everything you know hand you a big book of secrets uh, but, uh, that's one of those things that you can't say if you know something and you can't say if you don't know something. Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks. But, and this is a conversation actually Pat and I had when you talk about UFOs, uh, you know, there are all sorts of experimental things out there. There are all sorts of, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways that technology can present itself that can be, can throw you off and to call it a UFO versus, you know, alien spacecraft is 
that's a to me a very huge spectrum that you're playing on on the description because yes. you can see a ufo and not know what it is but and at the same time not make a claim that you saw an alien spacecraft yeah i mean i've talked about it before on our show i don't believe aliens have visited earth i mean i believe in ufos obviously but i've always believed they're just technology that has not been you know, exposed to the public yet. So, yeah, one one of uh, the smartest people I know. When when I kind of asked him about, you know, do you think aliens exist? And he said, I absolutely do think that they exist, and it's even possible that they know about us. But due to you know the limitation, you know, the expanse of space, they they have not come to visit us yet. Yeah, and I I could agree with that. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my thing is, why would they bother? Oh yeah, if, 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 and at this point, if they did bother, I don't think they would just be in hiding. So you go, why would I travel a hundred thousand light years to go to the zoo? Like yeah. that's basically it, right? Yeah. So or or to take you from your bed and just put you right back. I mean, why would you bother? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, All oh. the. Uh, What's that? The Pat just this uh, Pat just came out for a second. He's back. Yeah, I was trying oh. to make it so no one knew. Uh, I was uh, hearing it and I realized that because I unplugged something in my computer because I'm an idiot. I think you sound better now, Pat. What'd you do? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, reset my computer. Or oh. no, I just I just unclicked from Clean Feed and got back in. Really? Uh, so sure. yeah. Well, you got to start um, this thing over then, right? Yeah, we got to do this whole show over because of you, Pat. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, yeah, when you're you kind of piggyback off that, that's one thing I don't understand. And, and doing the show, I want to, you know, get in touch with people. I'm still going to have some upcoming guests. I have working on some pretty interesting guests. But one thing I, I want to make sure people know on this show is that we're going to uh, definitely, um, you know, make it so they feel comfortable talking about it rather than feel like I might spread shame on them. But yeah, one thing is for sure being part of these, getting into some of these UFO groups so I can find some guests is listening to the people who are just very hopeful. They just take anything. They, they want to take anything they hear, see, or any kind of evidence and, and be able to tie it together and create this case that, you know, there's aliens and they don't understand why people don't understand that. Yeah, I, no, so, I'm to, I'm totally open. If someone shows me evidence or can convince me otherwise, I'm I'm open to it. So, I mean, right. I have fa- I have family members that claim they know about aliens. So, I mean, <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I've heard. We've heard. What was his name from uh, Stowe Temple Pilots or or Smashing Pumpkins? Um, Billy Billy Corgan. Corgan? Yeah. yeah, you heard his uh, interview on Stern. Was he was dead straight honest? He said he saw a shapeshifter. Yeah, I've heard he about it, that. He, was but he, pure, he said it was pure evil. He's like, what he saw was not good. And and and, and Howard kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And he's like, I can't tell you who it was, but it was someone famous, apparently. And then he said, I'll tell you. Just if you want me to tell you, I have to do it with no no, no radio. I cannot. I can't say it. And there's like even a picture someone took of Billy Corgan in the corner talking to him. And it's like, come on. Like, here's my thing is if. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm probably the wrong person to have that discussion. Part of I, I am very intrigued. I want. That's why I, I like interviewing people. 
you know, you want to hear the story, but why isn't there any sort of thing that people have seen all at once? A whole bunch of people that have clearly seen undisputable, you know, well, the the, what, the the Phoenix Lights is the only one I can think of that multiple people saw. And I guess even Kurt Russell um, saw it with his son when they were flying into the Phoenix airport. But other really? than that, yeah, I can't think of anything, which I'm sure there's other stuff, but. There's been other high-profile pe- oh, people who have said the triangular ship over, like, the ambassador's house in England and all these things. But it's like, but yeah, but the, why do you guys automatically think that this is an alien being, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, um, I can't wait to interview those people. Scott, you should listen and tune into those shows when we start talking to these guys. I have one I'm working on um, who I think is a pretty credible guest that we'll be having. But, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people we've, we've interviewed have, have seen things and even have questioned their own insanity. Yeah. I remember the woman we, we had a bad connection with but from the Philippines. Yeah. I mean, she literally said, you know, I am being treated for, you know, um, uh, mental or, you know, for psychosis or whatever it was. But and but there was a little bit more to her story, if you remember. It wasn't just these things. It was uh, things related with her family and a, and, a, and a fraternity, she kept calling it, through her job, which was very interesting. So yeah. Uh, Sometimes the best mystery is when you kind of just dabble and get into it a little bit just enough to get people thinking about it rather than actually come up with a solution or come up with an investigation which concludes with what happened because there's no fun in that. And that's why so many people, I think, are upset with this um, files that came out. Even though there's still a lot of questions about it, the government, I think, still admittedly says, you know, this is technology that is pretty advanced and we don't know. Or yeah. they don't aren't going to tell us. Um, and it does not mean it's alien beings. But I think that people were a little bit disappointed because they want people to tell you there's green men running around and aliens. And if they did that, they, they would be doing so without any clear evidence of it. Yeah. Well, part of the thing about our world is I believe we can have supervillains, but unfortunately we don't have superheroes. Because you think about it, the supervillain never really had superpowers, but there might be really smart dudes out there building stuff we don't know about. You know? Ready to take over the world like Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> we can only yeah, hope. I, yeah, right? I, I'm will, like you, Tony. I'm honestly willing to listen to anybody that makes, you know, a valid uh, discussion or valid point or potentially valid argument on something. You know, if you guys have somebody from. Uh, you know, the flat earth society on or whatever, I'll listen for the amusement of it. And I hope that you guys pick them apart because that's something that's easily measurable, easily distinguishable. Uh, but I, I will say that, you know, if you bring up aliens or ghosts or anything like that, I'm always interested to hear that kind of perspective for sure. Yeah. Which, uh, if you go back to listen to some of our shows, we do have, uh, some ghost people. My aunt, yeah. so my, you know, my aunt who, uh, like, you're gonna trust your your blood, you know, the people you've known your entire life. She absolutely insists that uh, her and my mom, while they're little girls sleeping in a room, 
there would be the ghost of their grandmother sitting in a rocking chair and watching them sleep. And she, like, insists it. Uh, so, you know, and it's when somebody like that, it, you know, that you're that close with, you're like, okay, like, is this the, you know, the imagination of a little girl or is this something that, you know, maybe potentially, who knows? At my uh, my grandma's house, there was a little boy. She lived on a lake, and the story goes: this little boy that drowned in the lake that used to live in the house. And people claim to see a little boy running around the house when there were supposedly no little boys there at the time. So I never saw the little boy, but there was plenty of my family members who said they seen him. So I don't know. Yeah, some of that stuff. But but, kinda but, does, then, uh, but you gotta remember, seventies and eighties. There were a lot of good drugs. A lot of good oh, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I hear I hear stories from pretty credible people that I know who are actually like actually on the spectrum like being atheist or maybe agnostic, but mostly atheists who have said they remember as a kid, them and their cousin, they reminded themselves like, Hey, we used to talk to some old guy, remember that there's like an old guy that would sit in the house, we talked to him and no one saw him. Like it it's it's kinda weird. Yeah. They say that these kids have uh, some kind of ability because they're still, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even going to try to make a <laughs> statement for that. But, you know, they say something about these kids having some ability. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but it's uh, it's interesting. But, you know, like for me, it's like I don't believe it. But then I, I'll freak out. I'm not going to play with a Ouija board. Me neither. You know? I, don't, I, don't want, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that stuff, man. It's like, you know, power, plus I believe in power of the mind. That's why I think that's a little bit of a more interesting discussion in some sense because it's not as cut and dry as you see a UFO. Okay, well, likely it's just because you don't know what that is. That that's, that's, that's the microcosm of our Earth. People don't know what something is, so all of a sudden they're going to make sense of it by explaining it with what they know about whatever they know. And they may know nothing, and they're going to say, well, you know, this uh, – the, the you know this you know whether it's covid and or whatever it is people just start making shit up you know so yeah um that's i fall in that one if i see i mean, you how many times I've, I've been spooked out i mean i want to see i've always want to see aliens i always tell my wife like hey you see that you see that funny enough we were in my parking and in, in our driveway and she goes did you see that and i was looking up and i'm like oh shit and i always think i see stuff but i mean it's probably like a you know because if you're if you have night vision goggles at nighttime and it's clear night you can see the patterns of the of satellites going like squares. So give one of these people one of those night vision goggles. They're going to think they saw aliens, right? Yeah. But um, I, she, she saw some weird little things. She, she, she saw the, a triangle, triangle and like it was kind of dusk. And my wife is not all about this. She's like, no, this is bullshit. And she's like, did you just see that? I'm like, yeah. And I really just saw something. I'm like, yeah, I see it. I see, I see, I see stuff all the time. You know, I'm like, I yeah. see it all the time. I'll sit there driving down the highway and get my phone out, start pointing it to the sky. I'm like, holy shit, look at this. You know, but I mean, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a plane, you know, or a helicopter. Yeah. I, I, I stared at this thing when I was in Chicago last time. It was a couple of years ago. It was a buddy's 40th birthday. And everyone's out back smoking. I was back there. I'd, uh, it's been a long, long time since I had a cigarette. But I'm back there because it's cool outside. I don't have to sweat nuts inside of a bar in November where it's, it's like too much heat in this old Chicago bar. I'm out there. People are talking. And everyone starts going inside. I look up. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, I'm convinced it's some kind of weird technology. And it had like cop lights, but it was like real weird in the way it was moving. 
And then I realized I was there and I looked at my buddy came like, hey, come here. I don't want to like get all weird. I'm like, what the hell is that? He's like, yeah, isn't that cool? He's like, those are police drones. There's police no drones flying. Yeah. And it was like on the south side. Where were we actually? We were, yeah, somewhere on the, like, maybe it was Oak Park. Yeah, I don't know, but it was kind of Chicago, not really downtown, you know, kind of a neighborhood. It was a cool little bar, but and I was like, man, so I could see why someone sees something and they start making out, oh, it's aliens or, yeah. you know how did, it is. Uh, did you guys see the Starlink satellites uh, about a month ago? They were lined up perfectly in the sky? No. It was oh, actually yeah. pretty. Yep. It was it was pretty cool. Like I could see people thinking that was aliens if they didn't know that. That did mess with a lot of people. It really yeah. did. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it was like fifty or sixty satellites, and they were like a perfect line in the sky. Really? Yeah, it was really cool. Huh. Interesting. Oh, they're getting ready for that fake alien invasion that von Braun predicted. So. Well. <laughs> I don't know if they found. I, I just think that if it comes in any form, it'll be one that we probably can't even comprehend anyway. Yeah. The energy, who knows how they come? Like a spacecraft just traveled all across the universe to crash land in a fucking trailer park. <laughs> probably, I'd say the chances of that are nil. But yeah, that that that, that likely happened. I got thrown onto one of these spacecrafts. Yeah, I could have. You know, this guy's like, why do you think they want you up there? Yeah. They're going to take you and probe you and try to understand you. Okay, dokey. But, hey, you never know, man. Maybe maybe we're just, we're just alien food. We're about ready to get harvested. <laughs> but I think that here's a good, here's a good movie plot, Tony. We were here to be harvested at some point by aliens. But instead, what happened was we got became so unhealthy that aliens can't eat us because they'll get <laughs> alien diabetes. There you go. <laughs> so now we're just here to rot. That's probably and, just actually that's probably the closest thing to the truth you could probably say, Pat. <laughs> History Channel, Ancient Aliens, they're ready for that. Uh, I I still well, I do, but there are a lot of cool things you don't understand. I hear the things yeah. about uh, Tesla and. These guys, and you know, the things are like, oh, they talked. It's a little bit far-fetched how they all spoke to some unearthly being where they got their ideas. Or how these pyramids and other things that were built in, like, ancient Egypt or in Aztec or uh, where is it, in Peru, where a lot of these things are, like, superconductors for energy. Yeah. Well, we we should do a show uh, based off the works of, like, Graham Hancock and stuff one time. Where he believes that you know humans are a lot older than than what you know current history you know people say <laughs> like uh, there's been civilizations you know that date back way back that we just don't know about. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I just I, I wish it just some what some people said, including me. I, I mean, I don't. It's easy to. To love life, making fun of people, not believe in anything, right? Uh, but not that I don't believe in anything, but uh, then someone who has all this conviction, I just want to, I want to sit there when we when we cross over, and I want them to be right next to me, and I want to look at their face <laughs> when we find out what this really is, and just yeah. stare at them like, just like with that look of like, you fucking sat there that whole time saying all that shit, you know? And this is look, 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 look now. 
This isn't what you thought, was it? Yeah. <laughs> don't you wish you... Well, don't that, you wish you did that one thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem with science in general, right? Like, uh, I guess there's people coming out now that saying that there's no way string theory could really exist or something like that. But there's people that have worked their whole lives trying to prove string theory, and now they're telling them that it's BS and they just can't let go of it. And I have no idea if it exists or not. I'm just using that as an example of, of what I heard. So it's really hard to change someone's belief in what they believe in. So, you know, people are going to yeah. go down fighting. Yeah, is that kind of like, um, like a quantum physics thing where everything is... Dude, I don't every even... Every point is a pivot? Something some like other... that. Um, Dude, you're talking to someone who believed that getting married was a good idea. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are you talking what about, the hell? dude? You're one of the few people that got married before the age of uh, 30 that did well. Yeah, well. Well, you know, I, I, Pat I, Germano just brought up string theory. So. Well, that was Tony. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I even know. Up, but, but you followed oh. up on it. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. the theory, theory of quantum gravity. I don't. Oh, I don't know what it is. I bet Pat just tried to explain strength. Yeah, you tried to explain it. <laughs> no, why I was asking is it something to do with like a quantum physics? Or, well, yeah, like I did. I guess I did. I guess I don't know. It sounds like well, I'm thinking of a string, Scott. I'm thinking okay, there's a string, and a string theory must must have something to do with a uh, a string of events. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a theory. I don't know. I, I figure uh, it's a. I don't know a theoretical framework in which to point like particles of like a particle physics are replaced by a one-dimensional object called strings. Yeah, that's describes how these strings propagate through space and interact with each other. Thus, string theory is essentially the a theory, theory, of, theory quantum of quantum gravity. gravity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was I like, how long is it going to take Pat to Google this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I said about the pivot, that was kind of my thing in quantum physics. I, mean, I didn't uh, yeah, quickly look yeah. it up. And I was, you know, glad I, I, I was hoping I was way off. But I was still way off. Yeah, no, but, you, you, could, you could make an argument that you were uh, in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. I don't know. I'm uh, not an expert on anything, but I and don't know much of anything either. <laughs> I'm not an expert on anything, but I know a little bit about everything. But no. Um, but yeah, we should probably go back to things uh, that I do understand, like pizza. No. Uh, yeah, I think this is the part of the show where we maybe we wrap it up. Maybe we're at, we're at over an hour and a half. So. Oh Oof. shit. Yeah. Time flies, man. Would you? Well, did you have did you have fun, Scott? Did you say everything you wanted to about everything? Well, you know, I, I definitely uh, had fun. Appreciate you guys, you know, taking some time for me. I was th- I when I saw the time, I'm like, oh, I don't know what they do. Like, I don't know if they do post production work. If they cut this into two pieces, or they go, oh, hey, that was fun, Scott, but we're we're gonna have to cut that. Cut that down yeah. just a little bit, and I'll try it again. The, no, we just <laughs> the whole we, part where you're talking is uh, we have to kind of let go. <laughs> it's gotta be out. Like Basically, what happens? I download it, I switch it to an MP3 file, and I post it. Yeah, oh, but wow. but it does give us an opportunity, and hopefully we, we haven't run into it yet where we're gonna cut something. I think we did once or twice, maybe on our show. Uh. Maybe I know I do. I also do another podcast, and we do have podcasts that have never been posted, 
because things, let's just say, got out of hand. <laughs> and, Who, uh, us? Or is that on your other podcast? No, that's on my other one. So yeah. I don't think we've ever cut anything in this one. Not yet. Yeah, man. Well, I have to say, Scott, thank you very much for joining. Yeah, I was Scott, actually surprised thanks. that you uh, humored us and did it. It was fun. It was I, it was more than what I expected. and uh, But it's kind of therapeutic. you know. Sometimes you just got to talk about those embarrassing times. Even if it, I, it was a... I hardly scratched the surface. I jotted down a list. I <laughs> no, you I said everything. Two. You embellished. No, no, no. I, checked, I checked two things off the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll have a part two or maybe... Yeah, I was um, say, part two we'll of even Pat's see how Amazing people, Adventures. Yeah, Pat's Pat fucking up, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how people like it. And, you know, maybe we'll get somebody say, hey, you know, we don't want to hear about Pat. We'd rather yeah. hear about the successes of a Chief Master Sergeant or um someone who has tolerated pat for i mean i've actually you know actually i was thinking about this i've known scott now for 27 years wow and tony we you and i've only known each other 30 right 31 well we were 14 15 when we met uh yeah it was in yes, it was like in physics class in high school yeah 15 or Ooh. 16 yeah yeah because we hung out with the same people but we just never really knew each other yeah yeah so, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you guys are both some of my long standing friends. I mean, that's a test testimony. Yeah. You can say all these things about me, all these lies Scott said <laughs> during this whole thing, and, but it was the meat, the, the, the bottom, the, the part that's important is that we're still friends. Yes. Yeah. And I'm still alive <laughs> to Not defend myself against all the lies. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but you're multiplying too, which is. Oh yeah, I know two kids at once. I mean, maybe that's another karma. Maybe another car is coming. No, dude, I'll be sitting down there waiting for for babies to come in a, in a semi tractor trailer will come <laughs> out and just run me over. No, I'm excited, man. I, I feel very fortunate to be doing this, and and I also feel a lot of um, responsibility to make sure I'm still making the correct decisions and and doing better. You know, I think if I sit here thinking everything's perfect, and you know that's wrong. I'm. I got a book I need to read. Um, maybe we should have a book club show. It's called "Can't Hurt Me." Someone told me about it's about it's a, a the the author's David Gro David Goggins, and I'm bringing it up and I'm not even gonna say anything about it because I can't because I don't know what it's about. But it's something to do with I think taking uh, you know mastering your mind and defy the odds, kind of taking control of your life. So I, yeah. I want to read that and David and, Goggins. And, he's been on like Joe Rogan and stuff, right? Oh, has he? I think so. Hey, the name's guys, familiar. I have another book. Where is it? It's a use of the. Do you guys know that Navy SEAL that uses frog logic? He had, wrote a book called Self Confidence. Um, anyone? That's not Jocko, is it? No. God dang it! Are you kidding me? Here, I'm gonna have to look up. I, I saw name. him too. Um, so he that, wrote a great book. Let me here. Let me. Use this. I thought you were going to say like Judy Bloom, a tale of a fourth grade nothing or something like that. <laughs> Let's see, Frog. Super Lock. fudge. I've read, see, that's funny. I, I, I've read those books when I was like in the third and fourth grade. Of course you did. Everyone did. Everyone used okay. to anyway. Yep, it's, yep. it's called Self Confidence, and the, the, it's, his name is David Rutherford. David Rutherford. Probably Rother, Rutherford, most most people would say. Rutherford, yeah, I think you're right. That sounds way yeah. more... Yeah, the Ohio like, coming out in you. Yeah. <laughs> Rutherford, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Which I'm going um, to I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout-out to um, girls lacrosse in Ohio 
because at the tournament I was at with my daughter, uh, Ohio teams kick butt. So, really, they take yeah. it pretty serious. I think they, around here, a lot yeah, of they do. Since since uh, lacrosse, yeah. actually won won the age bracket. So, well, there's a lot of uh, Catholic schools here, and it's stuff where they take uh, that very serious. And these yeah. people send their kids to like places like, you know, Ivy League schools and Duke and some of those very notable lacrosse teams yeah but uh it's yeah but yeah david rutherford so i think that's what got us there but either way yeah so um but thanks again scott for uh joining us and uh, congratulations on your recent retirement thank you for your service thank you for always being a great friend and sticking by me and um not coddling me but kind of you know being real um Without you, uh, I never would have been driven to Bennigan's and not hit by that car. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. You're right. Yeah, you see yeah. what I did there? I put the blame back on uh, you. But I always, I always take account. No, but no, seriously, yeah. thanks. And, 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 you know, same with you, Tony. Tony's been a very loyal friend. You guys yeah. have a lot in common in that, and thank you. Yeah. And well, we made welcome, this Pat. show all about me. Thanks for making this yeah, show yeah. all about me. No problem. I thought we were going to ease into other stories with everybody else, but it uh, – yeah. No, an intervention I, sh- I could have used maybe 25 years ago. <laughs> hey man, you're still around. That's the I'm thing, here. man. You're or am still, I? You're here. You're here or doing is it good. String theory has led me here because in yes. about out of the 5,000 strings there are, this is the only one where I'm still left alive. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. Okay. We can All right. Probably... Well, thank right. you both again. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it again. Look up Dave yeah. Rutherford since it has nothing yeah. to do with our whole podcast. But yeah. <laughs> And with that being said, remember, hit us up at squirttostab.com. Email us at squirttostab at gmail.com. Are we out, Pat? We're, we're goners, man. Happy. Ha- oh, wait, this was our July 4th. Yeah, this is happy July 4th. <laughs> yeah, we are going to mention that was the whole point of having a military guy yeah. here for that. So, yeah, in case you didn't. Get yeah. the memo. Maybe uh, we should have said it. Maybe let's start this thing over again. Yeah, maybe. No, I'll put <laughs> it in July the description. 4th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you live in one, if you don't live in one of the four states where fireworks are banned, please be safe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're out. Peace.